Before I start uh, the reading, I'm just going to ask us all to spend just a moment or two in quiet before the Lord and just ask him to give us that centered quietness inside of us so we can really take in his word this morning because that's going to be the blessing uh, that we leave with is what we are able to take in. So a few moments just before the Lord quietly. Now we are blessed to hear the Lord speak to us out of his word. And we pray that he will write its eternal truths on our heart as we take in these words this morning. This is a meditation on God's comfort and on his goodness. Something very real, something very close, something within us. Oh, how the Lord hears us when we call to him. For he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from us, but has listened to his cry for help. In my distress, I call to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. Lord my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he made. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, Hear am I. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them, and you listen to their cry. May God bless the reading of his word. On how the Lord claims us as his own. 
Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. God saw all that he has made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. The word of the Lord. On how the Lord promises to protect us, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. And how the Lord comforts us. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are still left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, says the Lord. A short meditation on God's comfort. Some of you may be surprised at how many different Bible verses there are about God's comfort, his protection, his care. There's quite a few printed in your bulletin. That's the tip of the iceberg, honestly. I had a long, long list, and I... I didn't include it all. This is probably about 30% of it, and there's more. You may have noticed also that if you're reading along, and you, you'll see we're not saying where these are from in the Bible, but it's printed in the bulletin, that both the Old and the New Testament are represented, and books of the Bible from Genesis to Lamentations to the New Testament to the Gospels, uh, the letters, it's all in there. 
Why does God spend so much time in his word talking about comfort and his care for his creatures? My sense is that it's because it's such a problem for us. It's such a need for us. This last summer, we preached through most of Genesis, I guess the highlights, about nine or ten sermons on Genesis. And if you read through Genesis, you get a real good glimpse of what life is like for humanity. It doesn't pull any punches. It starts like this. There was a man and a woman, and they had two sons. And they lost them both in one day. One murdered the other, and then he himself was banished from their presence. Talk about people who needed comfort. And then they had another child, and that was a comfort to them. But life went on. And if you read through the Old Testament, particularly Genesis and Exodus, you get this long and unending stream of human misery punctuated by God's care and his covenant and his promise. And so after that, those first two brothers that fought, we have families that are torn apart by rivalry. We have siblings that don't get along. We have people killing each other, assaulting each other, displacing each other from their land, people losing things that were dear to them. We have infertility. It's a huge theme in the Old Testament. People not being able to have children and the care that that brought to them and the concern and the grief. We have people who lost their husband, men who lost their wives. We have... uh, Forced bondage and displacement of peoples from one country to another, much like the refugee crisis we're seeing in the world right now. As God's people were paraded away from their, their land and their home and becoming homeless and having to live in another country for a season. And so over and over again, we have these needs in the Bible. And so God is always there to remind them that, yes, life is difficult. Life is hard. It has its cares and worries. It has incredible loss. And it has moments of deep despair and hopelessness. And so then God is always ready with these words, these soothing words of comfort that we have right now. And the one I want to focus on is the one that was read just now. As a father or a mother cares for their child, so the Lord cares for his children. God cares about us enough to give us these words. God cares enough about us to protect us, to give us a safe place to come into his presence. I've, I've read, and I haven't counted, that uh, the Bible says, do not fear 365 times, which is very convenient because you can remember there's 365 days in a year. I haven't counted. I, in various forms, I think that's probably true. Why does God say that so much? Because his people live in fear that much. It's kind of like the Eskimos. They have 40 words for snow, you know. Snow is all around them. So fear is all around God's people. So God has to say, do not be afraid. Care, worry, and the need for comfort is always with us. And so God gives us these words. I want to tell you that this is something I've needed. <clears throat> it sounds like I'm a, I'm a wretched, decrepit person right now just because I'm getting over a cold. Try to put that aside. But I need God's care every day. You may know in my life I've had trouble. Uh, I've gone through divorce. Personally, uh, I've gone through the death of my father when I was 20 years old. A year ago, I lost my mother to kidney disease. Um, and that's, that's not all of it. Of course, there's other things in life. There's disappointments and things in life that don't go the way you want. 
And there are, honestly, have been times where I've been angry at God, where I've wanted to take distance from God because of the anger and the sadness that I felt, the stages of grief that I've gone through. And yet God somehow has always reached back into my life, whether it's been through his word or whether it's been another person. Uh, as a married person now, uh, I'm married again, it's been through the ministry of my wife reaching into my life and speaking to me in difficult times. And so God will find a way. And if you're in a place right now where you've lost something, whether it's a child or a spouse or a career or any other thing that you have held dear, I can't promise you that that's going to be better tomorrow. I don't think anyone could promise you that. But what we can say is that God is good. God cares for you. He wants to protect you. He wants to give you comfort and peace in the midst of this storm. And that in the long run, there is hope for the future. And so now we end, after, after I'm done, which is in a second, with Brian coming up and speaking to us from God's word about how God doesn't leave us just in grief and in our need, but points forward to a future where we are well taken care of. I'd like to invite Brian to come on up and read our final passages. I invite you to stand as we read these words together. Stand in God's presence. Stand in his comfort. Despite all of these things which Hans Eric has transparently laid before us, these despairs, these feelings of hopelessness, God does give us hope for the future. So we'll read a few words on how the Lord gives us hope for the future. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heights, your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths will I guide them. 
I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace removed, says the Lord, who has compassion compassion on you, foothill. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand, You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning.